Um, I grew up listening to T-Pain. People you hear from myself, Young Ads, Lil Uzi, Young Fug, across the whole board. If they use auto-tune, it's because of my man. He invented that style of auto-tune and using it in a way, um, you know, trying to make your voice an instrument rather than using it to correct your pitch all the time. I just felt like it was a good way to pay homage and he kind of fit the exact era that I was going for, the same Sonic. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a horrible thing to just go through and no matter how tough you are, gang you are, how six foot, whatever, I don't give a damn that. Like, racism always hurts, bro, because someone literally hates you for, for no reason. They don't know you at all, bro. Me, Fredo, Digger, Central, we all got a little cheekiness. That's, that's, that's our thing. You know what I'm saying? And they, sometimes people think we just boast, but it's not just a boasting thing. It's we're proud of where we're from. And the way we grew up, we've been instilled with confidence, whether that be from our mothers, from the people around us, or just our hard work. And that's that's what I would say it is, man. This is DJ Semtex. This is the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. And right now I'm talking to AJ Tracy. Very, very dope MC. Very, very dope rapper. You know who he is. He's been putting in the work for years. Just released his second album, Flu Game. It's banging. It's fire. Of course, I had to hook up with the man himself. Yo, AJ, how you doing, man? I'm feeling good, man. I'll be honest. Just release a body of work and just have people listen to my music, good or bad. Whatever the review is, just having people hear it, it's, it's, it's a good feeling, man. But listen, AJ, first off, I've got to ask you, have you recovered from the success of the big singles, Ladver Grove, West 10 and Dinner Guest? I mean, these are joints that have popped off, you know, like all over the charts, breaking records, generating millions and millions of streams. That's a lot of success. Have you recovered from that yet? You know what? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really recovered from it. And I think I'm, I'm trying to be hungry. Yeah. But like, it's hard to be hungry when you're full. Does that make sense, bro? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, I'm still hungry, man. There's so, so much stuff I need to do, man. I feel like I just, I feel like a baby still. But obviously, it's hard to um, gauge, you know, how well I should be doing or how well a single should do or how well my album should do or anything like that when, like, you've had so many big hits, as you say, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know, bro. I'm just trying to figure everything out at the moment, I'll be honest. I didn't expect it to... Uh, to get this this big and and this come this far so i'm just trying to figure it out is success addictive yeah 100 percent, man of course it is but that winning feeling will never get old i'll be honest it will never ever get old bro it just feels like you know what it is i feel like if you worked hard for the win that's that's the addictive part it's like the rush is that you know you put all this effort and time into it and it wasn't for for no reason you know what i'm saying that's that's the addiction the addiction is like you know when you go to the gym the addiction isn't just hitting the gym, it's seeing the results. When you see the results, you're like, okay, so I didn't just work for no reason. So yeah, man, definitely addictive. You know what a hit single is. You know how it feels to be in the charts. But at the same time, you know, you 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 came out of a scene which is the rawest, most unforgiving, uncompromising anywhere in the world. I'm talking about grime. Like, it's, it's raw, right? You come out of that, you come out of the mud, you literally come out of the creative gutter. So now you're at the top. Now you're in a situation where you know what a hit is. You know what the people want. You know what your audience wants. So what what was going through your mind when you was putting this album together? Wait, this this album is an interesting thought process because obviously, as you know, we've been in a global pandemic for the best part of a year and a half. You know what I'm saying? Maybe even pushing coming up to two years or something. Um, 
for me, man, is like there wasn't a lot of things to draw inspiration from. You know, a lot of rappers and whatever, celebrities or whatever you're going to call them, they were flying out and breaking rules and this and that and that. And like, I didn't really want to, um, you know, follow suit. I wanted to kind of behave myself and try and set an example. Obviously, we all do things wrong sometimes. We all make mistakes. But I wanted to be as, you know, as responsible as I could. So that being said, it, mean, it meant that there wasn't much fun to be had. I'll be honest. Like, obviously, I enjoy staying at home. I enjoy talking to my peoples and whatnot. But I couldn't see my mum because my mum's, you know, a bit older than me. And I didn't want to put her health at risk. So in terms of inspiration, there was none. I couldn't go to the club. Obviously, going out and walking in the park, it's, like, it's a bit of a myth for me, you know. Like, there was just no inspiration. So what I had to do is I was thinking, all right, cool. So let me draw inspiration. I'm 27 now. Let me draw inspiration from the years that I've been on this planet and the things that I've encountered already. Like, instead of trying to find new inspiration, why don't I use what I've been through as inspiration? I thought, yo, when I was little, when I was in primary school, what's, this, what's the album that dropped that gassed me up? And it was Get Rich or Die Trying. That's, that's what I heard. That's what I used to run and repeat. That's what all of us loved. That's who I grew up on. So I'm like, cool. Who are my favorite rappers? Nas. Nas is my favorite rapper ever. Alongside that is Mob Deep. Obviously, rest in peace, DMX. He's in there as well. We got these, these group, this group of rappers, you know, Andre 3000. These are real wordsmiths. These are lyricists. And these are people who are not scared to express themselves and show vulnerability on a record. So I'm like, cool. Let me just channel that. Let me try and get into my pen game on some authentic rap shit. You know what I'm saying? So I thought, cool. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to write out the skeleton of the album, what I want the theme to be, what message do I want to get across? And I really tackled it song by song. On the last album, I was kind of just like, yo, I'm versatile. Everyone needs to know I'm versatile. Let me just give you every genre under the sun. You know what I'm saying? Which obviously I was a bit younger them times. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that. I, I enjoyed my first album very much, but I just think this is a better body of work because I took more time, fought it out, and really tried to like, tackle certain subjects, which is why you might hear me being a bit more vulnerable on the records because uh, I've matured. You know, I'm a, I'm a grown man now. I think differently. So yeah, man, this is a whole different project from the first one for sure. I mean, you've evolved. You've grown. You can hear. You can hear it in the music. You know, it's plain to see, plain to hear, and. You know, it, it makes sense what you're saying because this album definitely sounds big, and and the fact that you draw in from your own experience with, you know, get rich or die trying, which is of course, you know, um, G Unit label, which was down with Shade, the aftermath, crazy era. That was a crazy time. Kanye West with good music. It was around the same time that Little John and T Pain was blowing up as well. So that kind of explains summertime shootout, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, T Pain. Um... T-Pain is the only person on the, on the LP that I don't have a personal relationship with. And I guess that's because I've, I've never met him. And of course, it's a pandemic. I can't go and meet him. <laughs> mm. I just had my team reach out to his and say, yo, in the humblest way ever, like AJ's a big fan. He would love to get something done with you. He knows that, you know, most artists of your caliber, of your stature, would rather meet in person and chop it up. And I completely understand that. But in the circumstances that we're in, I can't really come and do that. Um, yeah, just have a look at what AJ's done. You know what I'm saying? Look him up. If, if, if you rock with him, then just let us know. And then, uh, yeah, he, they hit us back and they were like, yeah, T-Pain rocks with you. So let's get something done. I sent over a little demo. He sent something back. I sent something back. He sent something back. So we, we got it like that. Um, obviously, it's the age of, of, of the internet, man. We have to do it like that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just very grateful that the OG jumped on my record and that, you know, he, he rocks with me. So that's lovely, man. I, I was really humbled by that. Um, I grew up listening to T-Pain. People you hear from myself, Young Ads, Lil Uzi, Young Fug, across the whole board. If they use autotune, it's because of my man. He invented that style of autotune and using it in a way, um, you know, trying to make your voice an instrument rather than using it to correct your pitch all the time. 
I just felt like it was a good way to pay homage and he kind of fit the exact era that I was going for, the same Sonic. Um, with everyone else on the on the LP, I have a... Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. T-Pain sent you vocals. What was that moment like when you first heard it? You know, he's the guy, it's like you said, he's the originator. He's one of the greatest artists, producers, songwriters, everything. He's, he's done a lot of great things. He sent you vocals. How did it feel when you got the vocals through from T-Pain for your joint Summertime Shootout? First of all, they told us, yeah, we're going to send some vocals through just now. So I was like, cool. I felt like DJ Khaled, you know, and he says, the vocals are ready. Because, yeah, I was waiting. It landed. We're all sitting in the room. I played it out of the big, big, big speakers. And, bruv, he just killed it. Obviously, I already knew he was going to kill it. But, like, bro, he just killed it. And to hear, like, because I wrote the hook, um, the bits that he was singing over the hook, I was like, yo, he's singing my lyrics. Like, I've got T-Pain singing something that I wrote. Like, for me, that is just crazy. Like, even that is enough that, to just look, forget everything else I've done in my career. That's enough that you could just say, raw. you grew up as a little kid listening to this guy and now you got him singing your lyrics. Like, bro, that's that's enough, you know what I'm saying? So, thank God, bro. I was super humbled and I was gassed. I played it to everyone like a hundred times until they were sick of it. And I just kept playing it in the car and, ah, oh, not this again. Yes, this again. I'm going to keep playing it. But yeah, man, obviously I just reached out and said, bro, thank you so much. You, you Obviously you shot me a little follow, promoted the thing. You know, when I see um, UK artists working with American artists, I like, they don't promote the music. It's a little bit. I feel sorry for the artists a little bit, man. And it's not just on a mockery thing. Like, I'm not laughing at them. Like, I kind of feel sorry for them because like, I know that like, it takes a lot as an artist to reach out to someone and say, yo, I want to create some art with you. And when they just do it on a mercenary thing, like, they just take the fee and they don't um, acknowledge you or promote it or even help with a record. It's, it's quite disheartening, you know what I'm saying? And I'm lucky enough that that's never happened to me, but it's because I feel like there's a certain way you have to go about it. Like I said, you got to build relationships. And me not having one with T-Pain, I was left open and vulnerable to him just ignoring me. He could have just ignored me, but shot me the follow, said, yo, I'm on the new AJ album. Go check that out, yo. Catch me on there. You get me? I was gassed. I was like, perfect, bro. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, yeah, man, T-Pain, that's, that's a legendary one still. I, I like this track because, you know, it's like you said, it's paying homage to, like, the early noughties. I came up in that era in the clubs. It's an amazing time. And... You know, I like the influence. I hear the Diddy influence, you know, the Neptune's banger. I hear that in there. And, but but the thing is that's crazy is that you're Grime MC. And I say it all the time, Grime MCs, they're the hardest because they've come through the mud differently. They've had the best training. That whole thing about doing, you know, sets on private radio um, and, and the live scene and the live circuit and, and the type of beats that you rap over. You, you can't compete with that training, like coming through as a Grime MC. So you're one of the hardest and you're doing a track with T-Pain singing alongside him. Yo, when I heard that, I was like, yes, AJ smashed it, killed it. <laughs> My guy, bro. No, that, that, you know what's mad about that, yeah? I got the confidence. I'll be honest, I found that confidence through notes, really, because when I first did Butterflies, like, I remember I played him the hook, yeah? And I was like, bro, I'm not a singer, but I'm trying to sing. What do you reckon? Like, that, them, them times there, like, he was the vocal guy. He was the hook guy. So he was like, you know what, bro? It's blatantly hard. He was like, it's blatantly hard still. He's like, obviously, you need some work. You're not a singer, but it's blatantly hard. You get me? So that kind of instilled the confidence in me to go forward and try some more singing hooks, whether it be like Fashion Week, I tried a thing, you know what I'm saying? Fashion Week, I feel like I hit the nail on the head a bit. It, I got a bit closer to sounding like a singer, you know what I'm saying? And then I kind of just flexed my vocals, practice, practice, practice. And then, and then Top Dog and this one, Top Dog and Summertime Shootout, I kind of reached the point where I'm like, you know what? This is acceptable for me to put out and I, I can stand on it like, yo, I think that sounds good. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
so yeah man thank you i appreciate it <laughs> why did you call the album flu game well i know you know why but i know you're asking so um cool obviously one of my idols growing up um michael jordan i can't say i'm sitting here and tell you i'm the biggest basketball fan ever but i'm a fan of what jordan has achieved like as a person you know what i'm saying so um i think yeah growing up being black um he was a black idol and he's someone that could like he's a he's a hero in the community you know what i'm saying he's someone that set the levels for us and set the bar and said yo no matter where you come from you can achieve you can be outstanding and you can really push through whatever it is you're going through when people are doubting you and saying oh yeah but can he this and can he that you can actually do it so from early my dad showed me him and said yo you can do this you get me you can do this this mm. is one of us um so i grew up being a fan of him being a fan of chicago bulls i love the whole swag the jerseys everything about it i love the way that Jordan would carry himself the way he had talked it to the newspapers and show people that, you know, there's a thing about being cocky, but there's a thin line between being cocky and confident. And mm -hmm. I've always tread that line very like, it's, it's a tightrope, I'll be honest. Sometimes you come off as arrogant and, and cocky, but you got to make sure you have confidence because if you don't have confidence, you shouldn't be a rapper. Because if you don't think mm -hmm. you're the best rapper, you shouldn't be rapping, period. That's a fact. So that that's that's my, my foundation. That's where I started off with. So moving forward, Obviously, we're in a pandemic. You know what I'm saying? We're going through a flu pandemic. And I had also, around the same time, seen the Last Dance documentary. So all of these things are lining up together. And I'm like, I actually have to name this flu game still. Because what I'm going through right now is like, Jordan's flu game, game five, he's, he's in this position where he's always done it. He's outstanding. He's played. He's excelled in his field. But people are just wondering, like, can he still do it? Is he still got it? You know what I'm saying? And he's stepping out there. As we know, he didn't have the flu. He was food poisoned, which is why, obviously, the whole campaign, we got pizzas flying around everywhere. But um, people thought at the time that he had the flu. So he was sitting there with a, with a towel over his head, shivering, sweating, and people saying, yo, you sure you're going to play? And he's like, no, nah, i got to play for the team I'm going to play. He's playing, and he dropped points that some players on their best day don't drop. Now, that said to me that whatever he's going through physically and mentally, he's going to break the barrier to perform and show you I'm still that guy, regardless. And that's how I feel. I feel like people look at me and they're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, he's independent. He shouts out, he shouts about it all the time. We've had enough of that. We heard you, you're independent. And uh, you've, you've got these hits, you've got Labrador, you've got whatever, but can you still bring it? Can you still do it? And like, you, yeah, back then you used to bar out on Grand <laughs> you still got, have you, have you still got the pen game? You know what I'm saying? I get all these questions. I get all these, these people doubting me. So I just felt like, all of those, a culmination of all those factors made me say, yeah, this is my flu game. This album is like, I've gone through a lot recently, family issues. A couple of my family members are really ill. I was dealing with some depression, some anxiety, relationship troubles, you name it, bro. Literally everything under the sun. Um, supporting people. My, my close friend went to jail for 14 years. I had so much going on. I was like, I have to just tunnel vision, focus, channel in, block out all the nonsense and write get my pen out and write some good content. So, and that's what I feel like I did. So, um, yeah, man, that's why I named it Flu Game, basically. All right, listen, I, I just want to make it clear. I'm not that sports guy. I'm, I'm not into football. I know nothing about football, seriously. Like, I've been to a football match. I didn't know what to do. It's, it's lost on me, right? Basketball, I like it. I watch a few championships. You know, I've seen some of the games and everything. It's dope. Like, I like it, but it'd be kind of fraudulent for me to say that I'm a basketball fan. I'm not in it like that, you know. Talk to me about hip-hop, innit? Like, I, I do hip-hop, right? But that show, The Last Dance, bro, that was incredibly inspiring, highly motivational. You cannot watch that show 
and, and not feel like you want to level up whatever you're doing in life. You know, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a musician, DJ, actor, lawyer, teacher, driver, whatever your profession, you need to be going hard. You need to be the greatest that you can be so that you get to a point in life where someone can make a show about you like The Last Dance. Everything about it was incredible. The way it was shot, the way the story was told, even the way that they used the music. Like they used KRS-One Step Into A World. I nearly wept. I hadn't heard it for years. And it's like the way that they mastered it differently. I don't know if it's because I'm listening to it on a surround sound system or whatever. It just sounded different. It just sounded huge. When they used... Um, Run DMC and Pete Rock down with the King They used the instrumental The way that they used that with the scenes with Michael Jordan Incredible bro It was mind blowing 100% bro 100% So when you're in Manchester and you see thousands of kids Waiting to see you Did you expect that? Alright look 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 The funny thing about this is yeah Everyone's going to say I'm lying But let me just say my piece yeah So I intended to as you do when there's no pandemic step out sign some cds it wasn't a meet and greet or anything like that i just said wanted to go to the stores personally so the fans know that i am actually coming to your city to hand deliver these these lps and sign them for you like it's not some gimmick i didn't send someone i didn't get someone to stamp my my signature on it and send them off like i actually came and did it for you guys you know what i'm saying that's that's part of my whole thing and anyone who knows about me from my career my thing is connecting with the fans on a personal level and making them feel like we're not just feel like because it's true like you are helping my journey you, me and you are the same like i don't exist without you so we, we need to do this together so that's my whole thing everyone who knows me knows that um i went to birmingham in the morning and i dropped some lps there i signed them look look barely anyone turned up yeah it was early in the morning everyone understood it's covid i wasn't doing a meet and greet some people just showed some love you know what i'm saying there was like less than 100 people maybe 60 people 50 people i signed some things took a couple of distance photos and whatnot and then we cut, yeah? We we bounced. Um, then we made way to Manchester. But then when I've said, yo, I'm going to be in Manchester, because I announced I was going to be in Brum half an hour before I left, there wasn't enough time for people to gather. When I when I was on the way to Manchester, I said, yo, I'm pulling up to Manchester to drop some LPs, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, by the time I landed there, the word had gotten out. Now, even for someone of, of my stature in music right now, yeah, I don't think I'm like Michael Jackson, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I didn't expect that many people to come. I thought, yo, there was 50, 60 people in Brum, maybe 200 people coming, Manny. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm doubling it, tripling it. And, bro, there was like, I don't know, bro, like close to 2,000 or something stupid like that. I don't know how many people, but it looked like a festival. And, and it was mad because now we have a choice. The choice is I can turn around and, uh, like, the fans are going to feel like raw. You said you was coming. You know, we've been through lockdown. We've been through this stuff. You said you was going to come and like basically make our day, make our week, make our month. Some of the kids make their year and you just abandon us kind of thing. And I'm not that guy. Do you get me? I would never do that. Also, I need to be mindful of people's health, of course. I support the NHS. I've been donating to the NHS. I've been mm. doing whatever I can to help them. People know that's close to my heart. So I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. And then now I've got the police telling me, yeah, like, if you don't come we're going to have some sort of like mini riot on our hands. So you got to come and show face. Otherwise, like you're going to cause an issue for us that the police have to deal with. And you mm. see me, bro, I don't hate police. You get me? Mm. I'm from a place where police have messed with me my whole life, but I don't hate police. I just think there's something severely wrong with the, the organization, but I don't hate the specific humans who are police officers. You get me? So I'm like, cool, I can comply. I'm around the corner. I pulled up. I asked them, what's the safest way I can pull up? They told me, they escorted me into a cage. I was nowhere near the kids. 
I uh, took some pictures with the little, the tiny youths, like the little five-year-olds and whatnot, because they were there waiting for me with their parents. I signed a few pieces. I said, well, I'll go on to them and I bounced, yeah? Obviously, I got a 10K fine, yeah? Fine. I took it. It's not a problem. I understand how the law works. I'm fine with dealing with the consequences of my actions. They're my fault. But when I'm saying to everyone, yo, I appreciate you lot coming out, but I didn't expect that many people to be there. People saying, oh, well, yeah, you did. This is what you wanted. But it's not what I wanted. Because if I wanted to do mm. that, I would have said, yo, um, yesterday I would have tweeted, 5 p.m. tomorrow I'm in Hyde Park. There would have been 10,000 people. You see what I'm saying? If that's what I wanted to do, then I would have done that. That wasn't my angle ever. But you know what it is? I understand um, that it wasn't safe for me to do so. I apologised. I cancelled going to Bristol, which I was meant to go to next. I just didn't want no one to get hurt or get ill. And yeah, man, all I can say is I, I live and I learn, innit? But I feel like the youths that did see me there, it definitely uplifted their spirits a little bit. It made them feel like, yo, like something positive has happened. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, bro. I'm from Manchester. All right, for people who may not know where Manchester is, Manchester is in the north of the UK. It's the second biggest city in the UK. Now, there's there's a great passion for music up there, a real thirst for hip-hop. And when someone comes to town, people show up, they show out. And, you know, I, I know what it's like and because it's different from London. You know, we, we, we haven't got the same... Um, shows we haven't got the same attention that people have got in london so we appreciated that bit more so and i know for them kids you know for them kids that was a real special moment and we're talking about the last dance basketball and michael jack michael michael jackson michael jordan well michael jackson as well but michael jordan people used to say you know to be like mike referring to michael jordan like you're in a situation now where you turning up in the city, touching the people, meeting the people, people are going to be like, there's a generation of kids that are going to be influenced by you. There's a generation of kids, might even be a handful, might even be one, but that day you change lives. That day, someone wants to be AJ Tracy. Literally that, bro. I'm just trying to set, like, I'm not a role model by any means, bro, but I'm just trying to show people that whatever, wherever you've come from, and I know some people, sorry, bro, some people come from a very dark place. I'm just trying to show them that you can definitely achieve, bro. You can achieve like everyone else. We all got the same chance of achieving if you put your mind to it. And I'm not even trying to sound like a hippie, bro. I'm just keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to spread some positivity, bro. Like, that's all it is. So, mm. yeah, man. I understand, though. I understand. <laughs> bro, I saw you walking through that basketball cage. Bro, you look stressed, man. <laughs> bro, I'm stressed because I was like, happy that these, these kids showed out for me. But I was upset that like, I've caused such a big problem. And like, people need to acknowledge that the government themselves in a month's time, that the date they've set, what I've just done would be legal. I wouldn't get no fine for that in a month's time. But obviously just the rules that the government have deemed to be safe or not safe or whatever it is. Bro, I'm not even trying to make excuses, but all those kids are in school anyway. They're in school together as well. It's not that crazy, but it's crazy if I do it because you know, this is how it goes, so. So you're coming back from Manchester, heading back to London and... You know, I see on the socials the clip that you posted where you, you, you know, you said like what just went down in Manchester and um, Bristol was cancelled tomorrow because of it. And I could see something was up because yourself or any other artist on any other day would be like, yes, Manchester was lit. Love to everybody for showing up. Da, 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 da. And, it, and it wasn't that. So I was like, yo, what happened? You know, it was, bro. It was just the fact that like I had all these like racist people online saying like, just horrible stuff, basically, yeah. And I'm used to the horrible stuff. Come on, man. If I check my inbox now, it's going to be loads of horrible stuff. But I don't give a damn about that. But I care when it's like 
it's targeted at me not because you think I've done something wrong it's literally because I'm black like you you don't actually care about what I've done you just care that I'm black like you're like why is this brown person like causing issues like you know what I'm saying it, I don't know man it's a horrible thing to, to just go through and no matter how tough you are gang you are how six foot whatever I don't give a damn like it's racism always hurts bro because someone literally hates you for, for no reason they don't know you at all bro so it is what it is yeah I was stressed I'll be honest I was stressed man but I was okay after of course and I had loads of messages from kids in Manchester saying bro don't even watch that you know we love you and Manny can't wait to see you thank you for always coming that and I know that's true I know that's true because the way they show up for me and Manny I feel the love genuinely so that's like my that's literally my second seat that's my second home so like it made me feel better when I was reading their messages I'll be honest that's dope that's dope how did you hook up with Nav for the track Kuko? Yeah, Nav. Okay, cool. So me and Nav got a lot of mutuals. You know what I'm saying? I got loads of friends in Toronto. Um, I feel like Toronto is basically the same as London, near enough, bro. It's very similar. You know what I'm saying? The culture's so similar. And um, I have a few friends who are affiliates of uh, EXO, like his group and whatnot. And yeah, man, uh, at Redden and Leeds, we just narrowly missed each other. The last time we were allowed to be at Redden and Leeds, I think that was like two years ago or something. But yeah, we now really missed each other. So I was like, yeah, I gotta link this guy at some point, man. And then I just hit, hit him up and I was like, yeah, we let's let's make something, bro. It's time. And um, yeah, I I wanted to send him something that was like, you know, the guitars, the gunnery, nav, you know what I'm saying, that vibes. And then I was like, nah, man, let me just get him on some UK drill, bro. Let me just throw him on a drill. Like, I know we can float on any genre. So I was like, instead of me going over to Nav's side, let me just bring Nav over here. And obviously he he, he walked on the beat as normal, as he does all the time. And I was I was pleasantly surprised at that one, man. I'm a Nav fan. I'm a big Nav fan. So he he proper killed that one. Still, I was gassed. That's dope. It's dope. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So Flu Game, the album, is out now. You're putting in the work, you're doing the promo up and down the UK. Um, it's definitely, you know, reaching other people. You were saying you're getting more and more interest from people in France. You're seeing the French fans engaging with you. And, you know, everything's growing. You're evolving, right? Everything's getting bigger. Let's talk about these ticket sales. Let's talk about the pre-sale at the O2 Arena. It's big. No, it's big, man. It's big, it's big, it's big. You know what? I'm always pleasantly surprised about like how much the fans care about me, man. Genuinely, I'm not even like, making stuff up, bro. Honestly, I'm I sit down sometimes, I'm like, damn, you lot actually rate me still. Like, I know you rate me, but like when you show it, that like, because obviously people work hard for their money, man. So for you to spend money on a ticket to come see me, it means a lot, you know what I'm saying? So when I see things like the pre-sale selling out, or even the fact that I'm able to sell 
certain venues out. You know what I'm saying? It, it means a lot to me, man. But what I always try and do is, with the last show, Ali Pali, I literally spent so much money um, on production because I, I didn't care about making money on the show. I cared about giving the best show I possibly could, which meant that I had to take a hefty. I went minus on the show, of course, but it's fine because you, you, you get the money back by winning the fans' affection over, by winning their hearts, by giving them a good show and making them feel like they're special because they are special because they mean a lot to me. Because like I said to you earlier in the interview, I wouldn't be here without them, without them supporting me. I wouldn't have any of the nice things I have or, you know what I'm saying, be able to live so comfortably without them. So I feel like it's always my duty when I have a chance to, to give them the best experience possible. So that's what I'm going to give them with the new shows. And when I see them like buy out the pre-sale, I'm like, all right, cool. So it's a it's a mutual exchange. I'm going to give you Stein and you love showed out for me and bought the tickets. Cool. So yeah, man. Kanye West and Jay-Z, they did the Watch the Throne tour. They sold out London's O2 Arena a couple of times. Drake, when he did his tour over here, you know, he, he, he turned the O2 into the O3, as he says, and sold it out like six times. Now, when it comes to UK artists, that's, that's kind of like the next mountain that we're conquering, all right? There's these artists now which are popping, the scene's grown, everything's moving, but it, not many people have sold out London's O2 Arena from the UK, right? Boy, I, I don't know, you know. I, I don't even know that one still. I'm sure there's a few. I'm not sure who, but I, I know there is a few. Um, but in terms of like my kind of age group, I'm not sure. But I do know that I haven't checked everyone's tours, but I'm pretty sure. I think, are DBE doing O2? All right, I just want to put it out there. I'm, I'm not trying to cause no trouble. I'm not trying to, you know, like, I'm not trying to, like, pit man against each other. But, you know, I'm a fan of rap. I'm saying this as a fan of rap. And I'm saying this as somebody who celebrates the culture constantly right day in day out what i'm saying is you know all right dbe sold that o2 arena but the show's next year and they're a duo i know Krebs and conan's done it but they're a duo i'm talking about solo rapper who's done that from the uk now i know i know some people have put it on sale and it hasn't happened i know some people have tried to do it and it hasn't happened. It's been postponed, maybe because of COVID or pandemic or something else or, or, or whatever. But in 2021, what you're about to do, you could be the first solo rapper to put on sale the O2 Arena in London, sell it out and perform in it. I'm pretty certain you're the first to do it. Right, <laughs> what can I say in it, bro? I have to stay humble in it, wherever, wherever the weather, man. I'm just happy that the fans are showing out for me, I'll be honest. I think someone like, obviously, we're not going to talk about Stormzy, bro, because he's astronomical, obviously, but someone like Dave, I know for sure Dave can sell out, for, for sure, you know what I'm saying? Cool, no doubt, you're right. But I'm talking about the first to do it. Oh, all right, fair enough, bro. I'll, whatever accolades you're trying to throw at me, Sam, I'll take it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the weather, bro. <laughs> Look, we've just been through a global pandemic, humanitarian crisis. We've lost a lot of people. And, you know, in times like this, we need artists. Great artistry helps us get through these moments. And, you know, you created a great body of work. You've kept it going with singles throughout the whole lockdown and the pandemic and everything else. And so when you announce a show at the London Arena, the O2 London Arena, your fans have shown up, shown out. They bought the tickets. That's, that's 20,000 people that are going to see you in November. You put the tickets on sale recently. 
and you're going to be performing this year in the same year. Like, that hasn't been done before, bro. We've got to talk about this. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I hope the shows go ahead. But obviously, even the festivals I've got now, like in the summer coming up, like, I don't know the situation, innit? I'm eager. I'm catting to get on, on stage, bro. But, you know what I'm saying? If if the government says whatever they say, they wave their wand and bam, everything's shut down again, then then I'm done for, innit? But, <laughs> but fingers crossed, bro. I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm going to be 1000% positive and put it out there in the universe. This show is going to happen. So when this AJ Tracy show takes place at the O2 Arena in London, what's that show going to be like? Boy, I'm going to spend all my money and I mean it, bro. And I mean it. I'm telling you, you can take my word for it, bro. I'm going to spend all my money making that experience more than just like, I don't want it to just be, oh, he's got some big screens and he's just got his logo on the back. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not that, bro. That's not what we're doing. And it's not that I'm going to have my, my backing vocals in there and I'm not even really saying the words. I'm miming. See, all of that, that is all dead. I'm going to be saying the words. I'm going to have special guests. But it's not going to be special guests just coming out and taking over the show. It's not a medley. It's me and the guests giving you our energy together. You know what I'm saying? The stage, I can't, I can't reveal too much. But just know that I've got something special for that. I promise you, something that no one's ever, 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 ever done. I've never seen no one in the UK do anything like what I'm about to do on stage. That's a fact. So, yeah, we got that. And, um, yeah, man, I just like making it an experience. Like, you know, when you say you went to a show, you don't want to say, oh, yeah, I went and listened to some songs that I've got on my playlist at home that I just saw him perform live. I want him to say, I went to the experience. Like, I experienced mm. that day out with my friends and it was a mad, you know what I'm saying? It's a memory that I've, I've got locked away. That's what I need. I need that to stick mm. in the head because people mm. come back from Ali Pali saying to me, bro, that was one of the best shows of my whole life. And that's what I need to hear. When I hear people say mm. that, it means I've left a mark on them for life, which is what I'm trying to do. So, yeah, man. But listen, it's a great time, right? It's a great time for music. It's a great time for artists. It's a great time for UK rap. It's a great time to be an MC from West London. You know yourself, what's going on with Digga D, Central C, what's happening with Fredo, Nines. Bro, what's going on over there? Well, I'll keep it. I'll keep it hundred with you. Yeah, something that we all got in common there yeah, is that like we're from a place that if you're not from here, you might be mistaken for for thinking that it's just straight affluence. You know what I'm saying? It's a rich area. We didn't grow up with no struggle. There's no poverty, but it's quite the contrary. Actually, what we have is an area where we're living in the states and and flats in which that sometimes we don't even have enough um, to pay the electricity bill. And right across the road, there's a family where the youngest daughter, who's nine years old, has a Rolex on. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is the environment that we live in. And for some people, it turns them mad because they're thinking, why? Why am I in this situation? Why why has God put me here in this situation? I have to see my mom struggle. But those people across the road have Rolexes. They burn money for fun. Why am I Why am I in this situation? But for others, like myself, like Central, like you said, Fredo, Digger, whoever it is, um, it motivated us. We said, yo, forget that. We're going to earn it ourselves. What you lot have, we're going to be just where you are. Them tables you lot eat at, we're going to be at them tables, but we're going to do it off our own back. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to make sure our kids, we're going to build generational wealth and our kids and their kids and kids can be proud of what we started off. And now they're all happy, healthy and safe. And that's what we're all trying to do. So, yeah, man, I think West London, there's a certain swagger about us, bro. Every ends has their, their certain thing that they got. You know what I'm saying? Now, South, I'll probably say is the most feared, in my opinion. And traditionally, they've been the most feared. You know what I'm saying? North has probably been the most organised. They're always the most organised. East is probably the birthplace, you know what I'm saying? They, they birth grime and whatnot. But West, we just got a certain swagger about us, bro. We got like a little cheekiness to it, you know what I'm saying? You can see that in all of us. Me, Fredo, Digger, Central, we all got a little cheekiness. That's, that's, that's our thing, you know what I'm saying? And they, sometimes people think we just boast, but it's not just a boasting thing. It's we're proud of where we're from. And the way we grew up, we've been instilled with 
confidence, whether that be from our mothers, from the people around us, or just our hard work. And that's, that's what I would say it is, man. Now, listen, AJ, I think you've made a dope album. It's a big album. And I think we're past that conversation of, oh, yeah, it's a grime album, or no, it's a great UK rap album. It's just a dope album. It's big, right? It's, it's, it's got global appeal, international appeal. Now, you know, rest in peace, Pop Smoke, because, you know, he took that UK drill sound and put it in his own music and, and he crossed it over to America. And it just feels like there's a bigger acceptance for what's going on out here. When I talk to US artists, every US artist is knowledgeable about their favorite UK MC. It's not like just people saying one name like they used to back in the day. The name that was in, you know, that was already like out there. It's like people know, people are digging deep for their own, you know, favorite UK artist right now. So with that being said, are you looking to take it further? Like once the borders are open, once, you know, we're getting back to some kind of normality, are you looking to take it further out into the US? Yeah, 100%, bro. I mean, it's not like a specific aim of mine to crack the US, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I haven't even conquered the UK. I get loads of love in the UK, of course, you know what I'm saying? I would say that I'm established in the UK now, but I haven't conquered it yet. I'll say that when when I get to where Stormzy's at with the UK, the way they love Stormzy, then we can talk about conquering everywhere else. But it's always nice to have people across the waters thinking, you know, yo, I, I rock with them British kids. I, I like AJ Tracy. I like what he's doing. Or, you know, I like Skepta. I like Dave, you know what I'm saying? I like that. For me, I need to have even if it's small, I need to have a fan base everywhere. That'd be Japan, India, South Africa, wherever the weather, Poland, I need it. You know what I'm saying? I need my, my sound to be universal. So I'm glad that you said it sounds like an album to you and not like a UK rap album or a drill album, a garage album. It sounds like just a, an album because I wasn't really going for, yo, let me just put loads of American features on it. What I was going for was, this is the sound, this is the sonic and who would fit on it. Um, it's the, Some of the people that, I wouldn't even say it didn't make the cut, just some of the songs that I didn't get to put on it, the LP because it didn't suit the sound. I had a such a, a dope song of Wizkid, a fire song of Wizkid. I got a dope song with Heady. I got something with Skepta. I got something with H. I got more with Digger, but like they, they didn't fit on the album. And the kind of person that I am is, I could have easily said, you know what, Sam, I'm, I'm putting 15 tracks on, five of them are features, Stormzy, Dave, Heady, H, J Huss. Yeah, cool, we can do that. But, that's not saying that I am an artist and I can stand up in a war on my own. That's just saying that when I'm with the other greats, then I make good music. And for me, that's not enough. I need to be able to make music myself and music that no matter what genre it is and what sound it is, it is good quality music. And I feel like I've produced that. And uh, bro, I'll be honest with you. There's loads of things you can do when making an album to make it sell more, make it appeal more, make it look more glossy. But I wasn't trying to do that, bro. I was just trying to give you a sound. And when you feel the sound, you understand what I was trying to give you. When you listen to Top Dog and you listen to Perfect Storm, even the name Perfect Storm, I took that from Mob Deep, you know what I'm saying? For, for me, bro, I'm, I'm a type of guy that like, I'm really a student of rap. I'm a student of the game and I love music and I love rap. So I need to be able to give people authentic, good music, not just, oh yeah, I went studio with H and we just banged out a couple because we knew it would go off. Like, well, I'm not trying to do that, bro. I'm trying to do music that, this is the sound I wanted to give you. Here it is. If that works with, Saw Baby and Millie Go Lightly, so be it. If it's with Kalani, so be it. You know what I'm saying? It's whoever it needs. And uh, that, that brings me on to the point of, with the Kalani track, for example, I had made this song and I was like, yo, I was just bouncing my head and I was like, who would kill this track? I'm like, it could only be Kalani. Only Kalani could kill this track. And I'm just fortunate enough to have her as a friend. So I was like, yo, K, you would kill this, please. If this is something you would consider, 
And she's super humble for a superstar. She's like the most down to earth person ever. She's like, yeah, let me just sit with it. See if I can, if I can write something, I'll let you know. Send it back over. She spun me and I'm like, cool, perfect. Let's get it, let's get it. But yeah, man, yeah, man. I think um, having an international album is something that I really wanted to do. I don't like people always saying, yeah, it's good for a UK rap album. Like, or, you know, when people say, like, oh, she's good for a girl, like, she's a girl rapper, she's good for a girl. Nah, man, you're just good. It's just good. It's just a good album. What do you think about the UK female rappers that are coming through in the UK? Who are you feeling? Who are you paying attention to? Boy, I've been a fan of Miss Banks forever. I think Miss Banks can really rap, I'll be honest. I think she can really, really rap. Not just for a girl, bro. Just She can just rap, you know what I'm saying? Um, who else do I, am I a fan of? Obviously, Steph can rap. We, we all know Steph can rap, you know what I'm saying? Who do I really think is lit? You know what? I think Shabo is hard, man. I think Shabo is hard still. You know about Shabo? Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, Shabo is hard still. Shabo and Miss Banks, I would say, are my two favourites. They're, they're, they're very hard, man. I think it's a good time for, for women, and, women in not just rap, but in music in general. I think it's a good time for, for them to come through, you know, band together as women, help each other, support each other, and just kick some ass, man. Yeah, it's good. We need that. We need the female energy around, man. I don't mm. know why men all the time want to men this, men that, men, 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 men. You need some female energy around, man. It's good to have that. I, for one, I welcome it, and, and we need more of it, bro. That's dope. That's dope. All right, well, listen, and I know you've got a breakout. I know you, you, you've you got a crazy schedule. And like, as always, yo, AJ, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this, innit? Nah, bro, I always got time for you. I always got time for you, bro. All right. Well, look, I always say that the game is 10% talent, 90% business. Unfortunately, it's just, it's just how it is, unfortunately. And, you know, you really got to pay attention to the business behind the music. And a lot of people don't, or can't get their heads around that, but you're a highly successful independent artist. Like, how do you manage to stay creative and positive, but pay attention to the business so that you can get to that point where you get some kind of success? Do you are you hands on, or you know, do you leave it to your team? Do you delegate it? Like, how do you make that work, bro? I'll keep it a thousand with you. I'm, I'm being completely open and honest here. Yeah. I think part of the reason why my anxiety is so high and why I, exp I experience depression so much is because I literally, of course, my manager, Andy, big up Andy, bro, what a legend, yeah? He, he handles most of the important stuff, but because I'm privy to everything, every decision, every piece of information, every number that goes in and out of my bank, I'm privy to everything. So because I have to have a hand in everything, I have, I'm stretched so thin sometimes, bro, that it's like, I just don't get a break, you know what I'm saying? And it, it takes like a quite a heavy toll on me mentally. And that's just the price you got to pay, bro. That's the price you got to pay because I feel like I chose this path. I chose to be independent. I could easily go sign a deal and let the, let the record label take over. And you know what? One day, if, if the deal is right, maybe I will sign the deal. You know what I'm saying? But for now, I'm enjoying being independent. Um, I love the rewards that come with it. And I love like putting in the hard work and being able to say, oh, that was us. Like, we didn't have no big, massive machine pushing us. There's no cheat codes. We didn't twang anything. It's just us. It's just authentic. So I love it, man. But it does definitely stretch me a bit thin sometimes and um really and truly i see myself as like yo if i have to be the one in the family because obviously my family have been you know impoverished for quite a while if i have to be the one in the family to you know not sacrifice myself i don't want to sound like a lamb yeah but but bro if i have to put myself you know through what i have to go through but then my whole family's going to be good my kids and my little brother's kids and everyone's kids are going to be good then bro so be it bro so be it bro that was what I'm, that's what i'm chosen for so i'm here for you get me I just hope that in the future, you know, there's more black generational wealth and everyone can just thrive and prosper and not have to go through some of the things I went through, man. And if I achieve that, 
I'll be chuffed. I'll be honest. I'll be great, man. I'll be happy.